go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we will begin tonight as we get that sorted out. Man, it's been a great journey this week. Thank you for those of you that have stuck it out all week and have been here. Um, those of you that couldn't make it every night, uh, well, I'm sorry, you've missed out. But uh, I'm glad you're here tonight. And uh, I'm looking forward to being able to enjoy some things together tonight as we learn and grow together. That's what this week has been all about. It's been about just growing together and trying to find some direction from God and trying to see some things from God's Word that make sense to our life, make sense to us being able to live in a way that is different, that is pleasing to God, and, uh, and to walk in a way that is by faith, right? And trying to stretch that, uh, that faith in us uh, to be something real and growing. And we learn about uh, the definition of faith. We learned the very first night the ABCs of faith, quiz number four tonight. No, it'll be quiz number three. Quiz number three tonight, here we go, the ABCs of, a of faith. What does the A stand for? Assurance. It is the assurance. We have an assurance because we know what we believe in. We have faith. We have an assurance. It's the base in a movable world. Letter B stands for belief. It's a worldview. It's a system of beliefs that guides and directs us. It's the compass. It's what gives us direction in a wandering world, whereas the assurance gives us the base in a movable world. Our belief system gives us a direction in a wandering world. And the letter C stands for conviction conviction and this is now the steadiness in a shaky world because in a world that many things move about uh, you will find in your life and through different stages of your life that it's easy to become unsettled unless you have the true faith of God's word the true faith that is placed in God himself it is the steadiness of a shaky world that was the ABCs of faith and we started there we started understanding that reality and then we went on to talk about the fact that uh, faith always leads to what obedience Sarah I don't know who's over here it was one of the, one of these young ladies up here that learned um, that learned that reality that night Faith always leads to obedience, and we learned that on the second night. We learned that uh, when you have a true faith, it's a faith that leads to obedience, obedience to God's principles, God's process, God's promises, God's purpose, and we went through those, and we learned that these are the things that faith leads us to. And then last night, we talked about how faith always leads us to action. Faith always leads us to action. It's not, uh, uh, it never exists in a state of staleness. It never exists in a state of doing nothingness. Always, when true faith is in the formula, when true faith is in, uh, in, in somebody's life, excuse me, it always leads to action. It always leads to action. We learned about that. We learned about that reality. And, and, uh, and we were studying through the book of Hebrews as we saw some of those things uh, that, that guided us in regards to those truths. Well, tonight... Uh, once again, I want us to just recite that verse that is our kind of like what I called our theme verse and our takeoff verse. So let's say it from the top. Ready? One, two, three. We walk by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. I want you to walk away tonight having understood that reality. This week, I trust that if nothing else, you'll walk away having understood more of that reality of what faith is and, and, and how faith behaves and what faith leads to. And tonight possibly might be one of my harder messages. And I, 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 I want to say up front that 
I always try that when I'm, 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 I'm sharing my heart with an audience that they know, no matter what I say, that, that two things continue to be true. Number one, I, I know that God loves you, right? No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's taking place right now, know that there is, no, um, there is a, there's an insurmountable love that comes from God that is expressed to every Christian on the face of the earth. And if you're not a Christian tonight, then there is an overwhelming love that took place 2,000 years ago on a cross that was displayed and showed to you so that you could experience the full love, the most amazing love that any person can experience through Jesus Christ. And so tonight there's an unfailing love. And I want you to know that I love you. Um, I, 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 I thank God that for these many years I've had the privilege to not only preach but to work uh, amongst many of you for many years. Some of you, you're newer, and I, I'm getting to know you, but I want you to know that even as I preach God's truth to you, I say it because I do love you and because I know that these truths are what will help you to be able to experience the most blessed life that you could ever experience. And so I don't talk down to you tonight. I talk you up is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to talk you to understand and with God's help and with God's direction to see some truths that will guide our lives to a much better place. Faith. Faith gives us the base. It gives us that immovable, unshakable direction in life. Faith. It leads to obedience. Obedience in a belief system, obedience to something we know based in God's word, based on God's truth, it leads to action. It's not a state of staleness. It's something that leads to action. Christian young people that are stale in worship time. I, I appreciated the songs tonight. Thank you to those leading and playing. I love worship. Love being able to worship my king. And you know what? Faith leads to, to worship. It leads to action. It leads to you participating. If you have a hard time participating, I have a hard time believing you have faith. Because faith leads to action. But tonight I want to come to you with three areas that probably the most, the most honest statement I could put it, or the most honest way I could put it to you is it's, it's the three steps that come, the three steps beyond where the modern church wants to be. The three steps beyond where the modern Christian wants to be. The three, the three steps beyond where Pastor John wants to be. It's the three steps beyond. It's what it is. And I want to finish with this challenge to you tonight because this week, I hope, was more than information gathering. I hope it was more than tickets gathering. I hope it was more than trying to win all the awesome prizes that are in the corner. I hope that this week was a challenge to you to do something with your life, to do something with your heart that God is speaking to you about. And that is my desire that would happen tonight. Don't know where exactly we're going to lead, but I know I have three things that I think are beyond where most Christians want to be. They're beyond where I want to be. And yet we find them in God's word that they're where faith ultimately leads to. Where faith ultimately leads to. We found what faith was. We found that faith leads us to obedience. We found that faith leads to action. And I want us to go on and see what faith ultimately leads to. And so actually, before we even jump into the verses, I'm going to pray and ask for God's direction, and then we'll go through these verses, and we'll be done here in a few moments. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love, for your spirit. Father, I thank you because I am unworthy were it not for your love and for your grace in my life that has been poured out time and time and time again. 
And so, Father, tonight I pray that your spirit would use my simple words, Father, to provoke every thought and every mindset here, Father, towards these truths of your word, because those are the only truths that matter. Nothing else in this life will matter. And Father, I know we live in a world that it has a hard time believing and understanding that, but I pray that tonight each young person in this room, each adult, Father, would point their hearts and their minds for just these few moments towards your truth and that your truth would do a work through your spirit in each heart, each life, do it in my life. pray all this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we look and, and as you go, you start going to Hebrews chapter 11. I told you that that was our springboard, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And then we, we've spent the rest of the time in Hebrews chapter 11. So as you get there in Hebrews chapter 11, we've studied some of these portions and we're going to revisit one in particular because I believe that these three S's, they, they, they mean, they, they take us to what faith ultimately leads to. And you will find that in every instance, this is the reality as the end outcome, the ultimate result of faith. This is in the final analysis what it comes to. And yet they are the three most difficult results of faith. It says in verse number 17 of Hebrews chapter 11, we find here kind of a continuation. Um, verse number 8 begins speaking about Abraham, and it speaks about certain things in regards to his steps of faith. But we get here towards the uh, 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 end of the work of God in, his, in, the, in the life of Abraham through his journey of faith. And verse 17 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, which we talked about la last night at the end of our message James chapter 1 and verse number 3 and we talked about how that built that endurance how the trying of our faith the testing of our faith is what built that endurance that strength that ability to journey on and here we see uh, Abraham in his journeying on of faith and it says but faith and by faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac offered up Isaac number one s of the three things that faith ultimately leads to is sacrifice. Sacrifice. Young people, I want to tell you tonight that this is where the modern Christian church wants to stop from that step forward. They don't want to tell you that, you know what, in order to ultimately live out faith, there must be sacrifice, and there's going to be sacrifice. If faith has full control of your life, it will lead to sacrifice. Now, that sacrifice may mean one thing for me, and one thing for somebody else, and another thing for somebody else, but ultimately, faith brings about and leads to sacrifice. So I ask you to pause and consider tonight. I ask you to evaluate and to self-evaluate tonight and to pause and consider and say, what is it in my life that I am sacrificing as a result of faith? What is it in my life that ultimately is my Isaac on that altar? What is it that's telling me that this is me saying no to what would be my desire? I want to ask you something tonight. I want to ask you something. Did Abraham offer up Isaac in sacrifice? Participation, participation. Yes. Anybody say no? I say no. <laughs> Did he offer him up in sacrifice? No. Because he didn't ultimately offer him up in sacrifice. Was he willing to offer him up in sacrifice? 
What do you think of all of Abraham's life, what do you think were the three most difficult days of his life? Anybody know? In the story of Abraham, have you studied at all? No? Okay, let me tell you. God talks with Abraham and says, Abraham, you're going to offer up your son Isaac as a sacrifice. But here's what you're going to do. You're going to get up in the morning and you're going to get your servants and all the things necessary for a sacrifice but a lamb and you're going to march three days up a mountain. And at the top of that mountain, at the end of three days, you're going to sacrifice your son Isaac. And for three days, I as a father cannot imagine for three days what it was in the struggle of faith. Can you imagine that first morning you're talking with your son? Uh, sorry, buddy. I'm going to have to come on. Come on, dude. Um, can you imagine? You ready? Ride your horse. All right. Here we go. No, you got it. You got to get that horse out there, dude. Get the reins. Here we go. Can you imagine? And we're trotting along. And I glance over at my son. My oldest son. My only son. And I know that three days from now, I'm going to drive a knife through his throat. Because that's what God told me to do. And we're talking about the Astros winning the World Series. And we're talking about how the Cowboys are having a really bad season. But ultimately, I know that God has asked me for a sacrifice that is the testing of my faith. And there I am against what I love and what I want and what I cling to with all my heart and what God has asked of me by faith. And I want you to think in real terms, guys. This is not some figment of imagination of a story. This really happened. There was a father and a son several thousand years ago riding up some donkeys or some horses or some camels up a mountain. And there was a father with a heart that was breaking and tearing apart in obedience to God. You, you can sit down. Thank you. And there was faith. That was real faith. There was faith that later on we find that said, you know what? Maybe if I kill him, God will with his power bring him back to dead. Had anybody been risen from the dead before that? We've seen all the stories now. But he didn't have all those stories. He didn't know about all that. The Bible just said in his heart that he hoped that that was something that God could do. He didn't know the outcome, but he knew God. And so therefore, he had faith to sacrifice. You know what worries me, Christian, is that you're not willing to sacrifice five minutes of your day to spend with God. You're not willing to put down the Netflix on your phone for 20 minutes to see what God has to say for your life. And yet, you think in your mind, you're convinced that you are full-blown gr growing in your faith. And yet, you can't even sacrifice a few moments of your day to pray that you don't fall into temptation. That you're not destroyed by sin. And yet, yet you think you have a strong faith. And I ask you tonight, the Bible that I read tells me that faith always leads to sacrifice. A willingness to sacrifice. 
Can I tell you, I've told you before, those of you that have been around for a while, uh, you, you know maybe my testimony, and I remember my love for sports. And I remember that 16 years of age sitting in the back row of that camp, Comfort, Texas, Pot of Gold Camp, and I remember being there on that Thursday night and saying, God, no, I want to play Division I basketball. God, no, I I love sports so much. How am I? I know what it means to be called to the ministry. I've seen my dad for the last 16 years, and I know that that's not what I want, God. Yeah, you've given me talents and abilities, yeah, but God, God, I can can use this. And God's saying, but are you willing to sacrifice? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but are you willing to sacrifice? Saying that there have been people throughout all of history who had the option on the table and could say, this is my journey, this is my path, here's to fame, here's to fortune, here's to pleasure, here's to luxury, or here is to God. And those that had true faith said, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm saying that we will find out that there is truth in what God has said, that there is truth in that this is the ultimate When we see sacrifice in our lives, we'll know that there is true faith. When we see, go with me back to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24 and verse 25, and let's read together that faith not only leads to sacrifice, faith sometimes and most often not leads to suffering. It says in verse 24 and verse 25, By faith Moses, when he was come of years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to what? Choosing rather to suffer. Choosing rather to what? Suffer. Affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of what? Sin. For a season. I I, I love the Bible in its truth. The Bible doesn't sugarcoat this. What does the Bible call pleasurable? Sin. What does the Bible call suffering? Moses was an example of what? For by faith. So what was suffering compared to faith? What was pleasure compared to sin? The Bible doesn't sugarcoat it. But it leaves that caveat, doesn't it, at the end of the verse. Those three important words, for a season. True faith looks beyond the season and looks to eternity. And says, you know what? If I've got to suffer now, then so be it. True faith is willing. True faith leads to not only sacrifice, but it leads to suffering. It leads to a willingness to suffer. It leads to a willingness to be exposed to suffering. Moses had every opportunity for the riches of the treasures of Egypt. This is the equivalent of the richest country on earth, the richest family on earth, the most pleasures that anybody on the kingdoms of the earth could have had offered to him were offered to Moses, and it came to him and they said here you go it's right in front of you all you got to do is say the word and it's all rolled out in front of you and Moses by faith the Bible says chose rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God faith leads to sacrifice 
faith leads to suffering. You know, I remember there was a time where we would get those conversations from those young people that were like, hey, my teacher got mad at me for having a Bible on my desk. Hey, you know what? Um, my coach, he, he wants to kick me off the team because I want to get out early to come to, to come to youth group on Wednesday night. Hey, you know what? Um, my, my coach is upset because I'm leaving, leading everybody in prayer over here after practice and, and he doesn't like that. There used to be those conversations. There used to be some conversations from some young people that would come and say, hey, I got in trouble for taking some of those Christian booklets and those Christian tracks and handing them out to my friends at lunchtime. And, and when we were sitting there hanging around at school, there used to be those conversations. But guess what? They disappeared. I wonder why. Oh, it's because they're just much more accepting now. Or maybe because we just chose the pleasures of sin for a season more than suffering with the people of God. And I challenge you tonight, young person, you want to know where you stand in the area of faith? You want to know where you stand in the arena of faith? I can tell you where. It's, it's looking at this and saying, is my life, is it being led to the point where there's calling for there to be sacrifice in my life? Is it leading me to a point where it's calling me to see and to surrender to the possibility that there might be some suffering? I might be isolated a little bit on my campus. You know what? I may be looked at as the oddball, the weird Christian guy the weird christian girl who doesn't do this and does do that and acts like this and doesn't act like that but you know what at the end of it the true christian who is growing in faith who has established their assurance their belief their conviction real faith who has had the kind of faith that leads to obedience, and obedience to what? Obedience to God's word. That means they're studying it, they're reading it, they know it. And, and as they study it and read it and obey it, then they're led to action. They're, they're, they're people that are doing something in the kingdom of God, for the cause of God, for the cause of Christ. And then they're being led to grow in their faith, even if it means a little bit of sacrifice or a lot of sacrifice even if it means a little bit of suffering or a lot of suffering. Can I tell you tonight, young person, that what we see here is the true journey of faith and where it leads to. And as we're studying the chapter of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, we will find this reality to be true time and time again. It's amazing that we see this in many of the characteristics and we could go uh, individual by individual. If you were to take time tonight when you get home or tomorrow morning when you wake up to read Hebrews chapter 11, you'll find in each one of those instances, you'll find that there was sacrifice you'll find that there was suffering and you'll find thirdly tonight as our time goes on in verse 36 and 37 not only does faith lead to sacrifice not only does it lead to suffering but it leads to that forbidden and hateful word of this generation it leads to selflessness look at what it says in verse 36 and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder. That means they were cut in half. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. That means they were thrown out of the cities naked with nothing to clothe themselves, with nothing to protect them from the elements, and they had to make for themselves something to cover themselves 
being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Verse 38 says they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. That means they had ripped all their belongings from them. All because of why, Pastor John? Why did all that happen to them? For one reason, they had an unmovable, unshakable, unmovable faith that they believed in who God was and what Jesus Christ came to do. And they were willing to carry that faith unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And there was nothing that was going to take that faith away from them. But for you, all it takes is a smirk from your friend. For you, all it takes is just a quote uh, or a, a, a quick snap on your uh, Instagram or Snapchat that says, what, you're at church? What, you're, you went to that camp? What? And already you want to hide it. Already you make it your mission that week to try and make sure to, to make sure to disguise as much as possible the fact that you're a Christian, that you go to church, or that you have any kind of faith. And I'm here to challenge you tonight, and through God's word, I don't challenge you because I fail in this daily as much as you, and I'm here to challenge us together to say true faith leads to sacrifice, leads to suffering, leads to selflessness. Can I ask you this? When you look at verses 36, 37, 38, I want you to, to bring it home. Do, do you think they had husbands and wives? Do you think they had children, those people? Do you think they had jobs, careers? Do you think they had belongings? Did they have their Ford F-150 Raptor? Did they have that Mustang GT, the Cobra? Did they have, did they have their, their social friends and their social gatherings? Were they part of the a summer league team? Were, were they part of day-to-day of -day life? Yes, they were. Yes, they were. And yes, they did. Did they have the three-bedroom, two-bath, comfortable house in that nice new subdivision? Yes, they did then why in the world did they give all that up? Why in the world were they willing to expose themselves to such things and to such suffering and sacrifice? I'll tell you why. Because were it not for that, you and I would not be here today. You and I would not have the truth of God's word in our hand today because it was through their blood and through their sacrifice and it was in their caves where they hid the scrolls and the manuscripts of which you and I hold this book today. And it was because of their willingness to be lit on fire on top of stakes and be burnt as lampposts in the night lighting up the cities it was because of their sacrifice their willingness to suffer and their willingness to be selfless that you and i here in the year 2019 know who jesus christ is have all 66 books of the bible and are able to walk and to live in the way that we live in the christian life with such liberties and such blessings they foresaw a generation that was going to need to be able to have those writings and those truths. They saw a generation that was going to be able to need those things. And they were willing to put it all on the line so that you and I today could be able to have a nice blessing of having this in our hands and having him in our hearts. And they were willing to do it all because of faith. And I challenge you tonight, young person, look at what it says in verse number 39. 
And these all, having obtained a good report through what? All these having obtained a good report through what? Through faith. You know what the most amazing thing is? Is that next phrase says, they receive not the promise. I studied this quite a bit. You know that they, all the while that they were there suffering, were like, man, but the Messiah is going to come soon. The Messiah is going to come soon. There's going to be a Messiah, a Redeemer. And, and, and those in the Old Testament, they were looking ahead to the ultimate Lamb of God that was going to come to take away the sins of the world. And all of them had been expecting and praying that maybe it was in their time. Maybe it was in their lifetime. Maybe it was in their generation. But here, you and I, we have the blessing that we live under the age of grace. We live under the time when Jesus already has come and His blood has set, reset a new set. They had to live under the law under the confines of the law under the requirements of the law under the burden of the law but you and i we have the blessing that we live under the age of grace that is to say that god doesn't dwell in the temple and that he doesn't come in and out of us but he is made of us a living temple he is made of us a real true temple of the holy spirit of god and now he lives in us and they wished for that and they never got it you and i tonight We can have a faith that is so much stronger than any faith that came before because we have the one true living God inside of us and each one of us has the tools that they wish they had. And you and I yet here, we come and we trip over the smallest sacrifice. We trip over the smallest suffering. We we are willing to throw it all for the less, less selfish reasons. And yet they did it all. I challenge you tonight as we finish up. Where are, you in, where are you at in your journey of faith? Where are you at? I love, there's a hymn that I wanted to read about. I love that it says this. I know not how this saving faith to me he did impart, nor how believing in his word brought peace within my heart. But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. The next verse says, I know not what of good or ill may be reserved for me of weary ways or golden days before his face I see. But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which is committed unto him against that day that's faith faith is knowing him faith is saying yes if it leads me to sacrifice i'll sacrifice if it leads me to suffering which it inevitably will then i'll suffer if it leads me to selflessness which it inevitably will then i'll be selfless i won't look for me first i'll look for what's best for the kingdom i'll look to say My boyfriend, my girlfriend is going to be according to the kingdom. My choices in my life on Friday nights, on Saturday nights, in the hallways on Monday through Fridays, it's going to be for the kingdom. My conversations in that chat group, my conversations in that Snapchat, my conversations in those things that take place, my pictures are going to be for the kingdom. Because by faith, he's calling me. And I'm going to grow in that faith. 
I'm going to be assured of what I've believed. I'm going to lead to a convicted life, having conviction of where I stand. I'm going to lead to obedience. I'm going to lead to action. I'm going to lead to sacrifice. I'm going to lead to a life that says, if I have to be selfless, if I have to suffer, I'm going to do it. Because I believe in the end, I know who I believe in. Do you know who you believe in tonight? I trust you do. Let's pray.